1: Thank you for tuning in to Chomping at the Bit. This is episode 42. And going to take a look at the past weekend in college football. There's three big name schools who have thoroughly disappointed up to this point. I think it's a good time to kind of look at the three of them. See, you know, where they went wrong. You know, what changes they may have to make. And can they actually salvage their season? Look at that. Uh, The new playoff rankings coming off the weekend came out tonight. So I'll take a look at those. See the new top four. See whether I agree with it or not. I'm going to give you some schools you may not be paying attention to that you should that are on the outside of the top four looking in but could definitely make a case of jumping in if, you know, one of those four teams slip up. But to start off the show, I do want to talk about the three biggest winners from this past weekend. And there, there was a lot to choose from. I decided to you know narrow it down to three. And I think there are three good ones. So for me, a big winner, BYU, Zach Wilson. Now, if you are an NFL fan like I am, and you have a team that you root for who you think may be in the running for a quarterback come the NFL draft, you might want to start paying attention to BYU. They have a quarterback, Zach Wilson. He's a junior. So after this year, he is eligible to enter the draft, which I think he probably will. I believe right now he's kind of like the third, fourth-ranked quarterback coming out. So if you're a team that you don't think you'll be bad enough to get Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields maybe Zach Wilson is the type of quarterback for you so they just had they just played against Boise State Boise State was ranked 21st in the country we all know Boise State has turned into a little bit of a football factory the past probably 15 years and Zach Wilson with that BYU offense just dismantled them He went 21 for 27, 359 yards, two touchdowns. So my thing is, like, you know, looking at the rankings and all that, he's clearly going to be a first-round pick. I mean, if he is ranked as the fourth quarterback, I guess maybe he could fall out. But I do feel like his junior season, he has shown that he's definitely a first-round pick. You could easily argue he should be probably the third quarterback coming off the board because you know, I do think Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields are locked in as your top two quarterbacks to go. Now, whether you are a big believer in Trey Lance, who is at North Dakota State, only played one game this year. So, you know, you got to rely on your tape from last year on him. But I think Zach Wilson playing a full schedule is definitely gonna help him come the draft. If he does come out, we never know. But I do plan on him, you know, leaving school. And you know, he's putting up numbers that definitely show well, like I said, twenty one for twenty seven, that means you're taking good care of the ball, making the right decision, and I mean That's the kind of talent that can play at the next level easily. So, Zach Wilson, BYU, definitely keep your eyes on both he and that BYU team. Probably get into that later. Second winner, Notre Dame. If you remember when I was previewing this weekend, I did talk a lot about Notre Dame Clemson as a big matchup, and it did not disappoint at all. It was a game that went into two overtimes. Notre Dame came out on top. Beat Clemson 47-40. to 40. Um, You know, for Clemson, I uh, hope I'm pronouncing his name right. You know, he's filling in for Trevor Lawrence. I think it's Uwagaleli. Yeah. He had his best game so far. You know, he struggled a little bit against BC, but he came out for 439 yards which is great but ultimately you know Notre Dame just had they just had a little more in the end and kind of late in the game Notre Dame's defense really started putting pressure on Yolga and forced him to get rid of the ball quickly he took some big sacks late late in the game and like I said, ultimately Notre Dame pulled it out. Which is a big deal for them. I do wonder about the whole rushing the field thing. You know, you you're number four in the country. You beat the number one team, missing their star quarterback. I feel like rushing the field's a little much, but I understand because Notre Dame usually loses games like this against top ranked teams, so it is It's definitely a win for them to beat Clemson because, as I said before, Clemson has enough talent on the field that they can win games without Trevor Lawrence. Of course, Trevor Lawrence in a matchup like this would have made a big difference, but yeah, I give Notre Dame credit. You know, Ian Book, who I said for Notre Dame was a key and had to play well, well, he did. You know, 22 for 39. He threw for 310 yards. He only had one touchdown through the air, but that's fine because he also ran the ball for 68 yards. So that was another thing I said. He had to be a dual threat and not be afraid to make plays with his legs. And they got great production out of the running game as they ran for 208 yards, 40 carries. So that's upwards of 5 yards a carry. And that's what definitely helped them out offensively because... Uh, Their running back, Kyron Williams, rushed for 140 on the ground. And had three touchdowns. So they got big production in the running game. Ian Book gave them good production in the passing game. Recipe, you get a double overtime win against the number one team in the country. So Notre Dame, another big winner for me this week. And third, final big winner, Florida. Florida so Florida went up against Georgia another game that I said was a big one to watch and the game just from the get-go I mean Florida put it on Georgia given Georgia its second loss you know they had the loss to Alabama I said Georgia kind of had to run the table if they wanted to stay in the playoff picture but now after losing to Florida who is 8th ranked but you know Georgia came into this one Believe was a slight favorite, so you know Florida had its way with Georgia. Big win for them. Kyle Trask, you know he basically could do anything he wanted to. Only real blemish for him was he did have an interception, but he had four touchdowns. He threw for 474 yards, and you know Georgia recruits well it's a lot of talent both offensively and defensively so you can put a 474 against them with your four touchdowns that's a big day definitely Um, now I did say Kyle Pitts is going to be a big aspect to the game you know he left the game early after a vicious hit that he took over the middle Uh, you know the Georgia player was flagged for it definitely should have been because it was clearly targeting and, you know, it was a play that football in general is trying to get out of the game. So I understood that. I know some Georgia fans were a little bit, were kind of questioning it, but if you see the hit, you'll understand why. So he wasn't that big of a factor, but he did catch a touchdown before he left. So he still had a, you know, he still put his print on the game. You know, rushing the ball, Florida didn't do anything, which makes the win, especially winning forty-four to twenty-eight, even more effective because Georgia really didn't have to worry about Florida's rushing game. Cause they didn't have much of any, because you know, thirty-seven carries, ninety-seven yards, that's two and a half yards of carry. That's not gonna get it done. But luckily, Trask was there, four seventy-four through the air. And it turned into a blowout. Now so those are the three biggest winners. Now, on to the three big name programs that are really struggling and are at kind of a you know, have a sit down and talk kind of moment in their season. So, that Florida Georgia game leads right into my first team, Georgia. What has happened on this season? So, they came into this game four and one. You know, they had the loss to Alabama, but nobody's gonna really, you know kick you for that Alabama top team in the country understand so for a lot of you know the Georgia fans me as well watching this new Georgia had to definitely beat Florida in order to keep their playoff hopes alive now they did lose so they're 4-2 to to me I think you, you have to completely take them out of the playoff conversation I don't care what they do the rest of the way to me, they're done. Because looking at the rest of their schedule, there aren't really any more statement games left on their schedule. Because you have Missouri, Mississippi State, South Carolina, Vanderbilt. None of those games will really wow you if they win them or not. So, even looking at their four wins on the year, the first two weeks, well, the first week they beat Arkansas whatever, but after that, they beat Auburn, who was number seven, and they beat Tennessee, who was number 14. At the time, those were great wins. But now, looking at it, you realize Tennessee is not even ranked anymore. So that early win doesn't mean much to me. Clearly, it means Tennessee was overranked, isn't that good. So that's not, that doesn't push the needle for me on Georgia. Auburn, who was number seven at that point, Dropped out of the rankings, only recently got back into the rankings. They're now ranked number 24. So once again, that's a team that the AP poll and all that overranked to start the season. And now you see where they are. Bottom of the top 25. So those two big wins early on for Georgia have fallen off. Doesn't help them. The Alabama loss is a good loss. You'll give them that. They had that weird game against Kentucky where they won 14-3. That's not really imposing your will or anything. So now you look at their season. They had two top 15 wins at the time, which no longer mean anything as both teams fell out of the ranking. You have a loss against Alabama. And even in that game, they Georgia pretty much had all of their production in the first half where they went into halftime with a lead. Alabama came out, blew them out in the second half. So that really makes you think about them. How good are they? And now this Florida loss, I think they're done in terms of the playoff. So it's going to be a wasted year for Georgia. Biggest issue for me, as I mentioned when they played Florida, is Stetson Bennett, the quarterback. He, when they're playing against good competition, just isn't good enough against Alabama and Florida the two best teams on their schedule as I said about Auburn Tennessee not good enough both games they lost Bennett was 23 for 56 terrible three touchdowns four interceptions terrible you know he got benched for the floor in the Florida game so now you gotta wonder going forward is he your quarterback for these last four games Or do you turn to, um, who's the guy who came in for him? Hold on a second. But either way, I mean, I don't know what you do with Bennett at this point. It was Dewan Mathis who came in for him, the freshman. I mean, Bennett is a junior. So you, I mean, I guess you're expecting more out of him being... A veteran in college football, but yeah, Georgia's season, sorry to say, is over at this point. I mean, yeah, they'll get into a bowl game, but it's not going to be the bowl game that Georgia wanted coming into the year. So moving on to the next team, Michigan. Now, remember, what was it, five, six years ago? You know, John Harbaugh was out there. He went to Michigan. Everybody was like, yeah, this is the coach Michigan needs. He's a Michigan guy, had success with Michigan. He can recruit because he's coming out of success in NFL with San Francisco and all that. He's going to bring pro style to the college. Give it a few years, Michigan's going to be a major player in the Big Ten. Well, here we are. They are now one and two this year. They lost that, um, let me see, They okay, so the past two weeks, they've lost to Indiana, who's kind of the surprise of the college football season, we'll have to see where that leads them, but they've lost to Michigan State as well. Michigan State is not good this year, and Michigan State kind of had their way with Michigan. So, their season started with a lot of promise. You know, they beat Minnesota opening week in the Big Ten. Minnesota was ranked 21st, and everybody was like, okay. So, Michigan's got a good start to the year, but then follow that up with these two duds that they've laid against, like, like I said, Michigan State and Indiana. And now you're starting to hear... John Harbaugh's name so it was a couple of weeks ago where Harbaugh was being mentioned for NFL jobs next season which I guess because of what he did in the NFL before going to Michigan but if you look at it based off what he's done in Michigan does he really deserve an NFL job I mean I think he has to show you know with all the tools Michigan has you know you can recruit there you're in a big name conference you're on national TV all the time when is it going to pay off so they're 0-5 versus Ohio State which if you're a Michigan coach that's the only game that really matters Ohio State hasn't beat them yet the way it's looking won't even be close to beating them this year so you're looking at 0-6
2: Bumble and Bumble Seaweed's invigorating shower ritual feels like an escape. Start with nutrient-infused shampoo and conditioner. The formula, infused with royal sugar kelp, green microalgae, and Pacific sea kelp, helps keep your scalp hydrated. Then, open your jar of seaweed-whipped scalp scrub to add two times more shine to your hair instantly. And before you head out, use Seaweed Air Dry Cream to give your hair that effortless beach look. Make your shower feel like an oasis with the Bumble and Bumble Seaweed Collection. Dive in now at bumbleandbumble.com.
1: He's been there, like I said, the five years. This is sixth year. He believe missed the missed bowl game one year. But in bowl games, one in three. And in those three losses have actually been pretty much blowouts except for one that he lost by one point. But they haven't shown well in bowl games either. So if you're looking at that, I don't see how... You know Harbaugh isn't on the hot seat. Think before the season there was talk of Harbaugh getting a contract extension, but looking at those numbers, I don't understand why. Like I said, zero five Ohio State, one and three in bowl games. You'll probably you're gonna miss a bowl game this year if they do keep Harbaugh, which I mean they can. I, I would understand why if they did. You know, he he can still recruit. He is still a big enough name in the football world to get players to Michigan, but it's once they're there, what is he gonna do? And then the biggest issue against him, which I could see why he there is the hot seat out there and Michigan fans are kind of souring on him. Was the last I mean, has Michigan had a good quarterback since he's been there? And he's a guy who is a quarterback. Was brought there to bring in quarterback talent. They've had some names of guys that you may remember. You know, Shea Patterson was supposed to be the guy. And I believe he was the coach for Denard Robinson. Remember him? The guy with where he like didn't tie his shoes and went to the NFL. I don't even know if he's still in the NFL or not. But it seems like the biggest issue in Michigan has been quarterback play, which is what Jim Harbaugh was brought there to rectify. Michigan, you know, coaches before Harbaugh always had issues with quarterbacks. The last good quarterback to come out of Michigan was it Tom Brady? And even then, I mean this wasn't Harbaugh, but you know, quick history lesson. You know, Brady was split in time with Drew Henson. We all saw Drew Henson in the NFL. Was no good. They've had guys like. um, Who have been some of the Michigan quarterbacks? I don't think. Yeah. I think Brady might have been. The best quarterback to come out of Michigan. And Brady's been gone from Michigan for what? 20 years. Like I said, that was all supposed to stop with Harbaugh. And it hasn't quarterback play is not good so I think the hot seat is on Harbaugh would not be surprised if he lost the job although with 2020 and the weird season it is maybe he gets a pass for this year and if he does then next season that seat's going to be turned up to 100 and he's going to definitely have to show something because even this year the only way he could really quiet the critics, he'd have to pull off the miraculous win against Ohio State in their final game. At least that way, he would get to quiet some of them. And he could go into next year with at least that as momentum. But the way I'm seeing it, I'm expecting Ohio State to probably blow them out, which will just make the chatter even louder. Especially going into you know next season, spring ball and all that. So that's definitely a job and Harbaugh's a guy to watch because if he loses the Michigan job, I don't know how appealing he's gonna be back for the NFL. Hey, who knows? He may become a guy who ends up broadcasting or something, or is a TV analyst for college football or something. So definitely an interesting situation there. The final program that you know needs a talking to. Penn State, another Big Ten school. So, remember I was talking about the Big Ten when they first started. Penn State, Michigan routines to watch. They've failed miserably. Penn State, you know, after they lost week one to Indiana, the controversial way whether the Indiana quarterback got in or not, scrambling to the left, hit the pylon. Now, is whether or not his arm hit before the ball did and all that, either way, Indiana won. So, coming from that, you know, Penn State has had a couple of opportunities to bounce back, and they haven't. Because looking at... Um, so, after that, they played Ohio State, which they got blown out. But, you know, makes sense, I guess. So, at that point, they are already... You could already drop them out of the playoff race. But then they turn around and lose... To Maryland and get embarrassed by Maryland, too. Maryland, who's actually quarterbacked by Tua, the quarterback for the Dolphins, his brother is the quarterback from Maryland. So, another tongue of Iola, make it a name, you know, for the NFL. Although I think he's a freshman, so it's still a couple of years to go. But, but yeah, so Penn State is now 0 3. Their season of promises. Up in smoke because they had real aspirations of making a the playoff. They thought with James Franklin there, these past couple of years, he's made enough strides there that they are in the conversation to start the season. But now, after these first three weeks, they're out of it. They, I mean, I don't expect them to, you know, lose every game, but they look like something is definitely missing there. And. You know, the rest of their schedule is, you know, winnable. Looks like Nebraska, Iowa, Michigan. That could be a battle of who sucks less. I don't know. Rutgers, Michigan State. So the way it's looking, Penn State. Now, think of this. A team that came into this season hoping to get into the playoff may not even make a bowl game. Think about that. Once again, James Franklin, I think, is safe there because of, now. Think you know, James Franklin came in after the whole Sandusky, Paterno, and all that. And they tried out. Um, Bill O'Brien had that job before Franklin. Bill O'Brien was a bust. So, Franklin has brought, you know, respect back to Penn State. He's put them in positions to, you know, threaten for the playoffs the past couple of years. So, I think his job is safe. He's not in, you know, Harbaugh hot water with Michigan. So, for Franklin, this is just a small blip on his radar. He's still, you know, good coach in college football. Don't expect this to last long at Penn State. They'll, you know, figure it out. I have more optimism for Penn State than I do for Michigan the rest of this year. So, yeah, so those are the three big-name schools Haven't performed up to par. You know, Georgia at least has a winning record, but four and two. They're out of the playoff picture. Um, Michigan. I don't know where Michigan season goes from here. I could see it bottoming out to the point where they win like only two, three games. And then Penn State is winless, but I think Franklin will be able to turn that around and Maybe they finished like a game over 500, but they probably won't make a bowl game. So so yeah, that's, that's the tough world of college football in 2020. So now with all that, all that that happened this weekend, the new playoff rankings came in and there is definitely some shifting in the top four. Ultimately, the top four stayed the same. They just rearranged the deck chairs. So Alabama came into the weekend number two. They're now the new number one after Clemson lost to Notre Dame. Notre Dame was the number four. They've now jumped over Ohio State to number two. Ohio State stayed at three. Clemson went from one to four. I agree with the four teams staying there. I think that only makes sense. I'm not really sure why Notre Dame jumped over over Ohio State I get it they beat Clemson but Trevor Lawrence didn't play so if it was me I'd go Alabama 1 Ohio State 2 Notre Dame 3 Clemson 4 I'm not mad with Clemson being 4 Trevor Lawrence should be back for their next game hopefully there isn't any rust there because Clemson is not in a position to lose another game So, the weird thing is, this past weekend may have further closed the door with the top four. Like I said, Trevor Lawrence comes back. He plays the way he was. Clemson should be in the ACC title game where probably will play Notre Dame again. And, you know, there will be that chance to get some revenge. Because Clemson only has three games left. Florida State, Pittsburgh, Virginia Tech. They should win those. They should be fine. So, yeah, the top four may be set already. Just repositioning. And as I've said before, college football loves, you know, hyping up Notre Dame. Of course, this chance, Notre Dame beat the number one team so they can even push them even higher so I think Notre Dame's locked in I don't think Notre Dame I think Notre Dame's toughest game was the Clemson game so since they've gotten past that they should be good to go for the rest of the year Alabama is Alabama Alabama's going to be in at this point no matter what Notre Dame yeah so Notre Dame has BC which BC is you know tough little team here but probably probably won't do anything there North Carolina used to be a top 10 team they've fallen off Syracuse Wake Forest so they should be good but there are some teams that still are knocking on the door even though the door may be bolted shut with those top four right now there are some teams to keep an eye on I did mention a couple of them already one is BYU like I said Zach Wilson BYU, they're fun to watch, they put up points they, like I said, they're an exciting team to see and if any of the four really slip up I think BYU can kick down that door and get in which would be a big deal because BYU, schools like that, usually don't get any love from the NCAA, but BYU is sitting at number I think they're number six in the ranking. So they're at a point where they can make a big case. It's not like they're trying to jump from 15 or 13 up into the top. Oh, BYU's eight. Sorry. So they're eight. There are some teams ahead of them that they will need a little help. But like I said, BYU can run the table. They'll make a big case for themselves. Florida. Because of the way they dismantled Georgia, you definitely have to watch them now because there's a good chance that they, because so okay. So now that they beat Georgia, they control their destiny. They can get to the SEC title game and get a shot at Alabama, which at that point, if they were to knock off Alabama, that'd be huge for them. But at least getting to the SEC title game, big deal for them. So Florida definitely has a shot. Cincinnati, I've been talking about Cincinnati a couple of weeks now, and all Cincinnati's doing, they just keep winning. You know, they have the quarterback Ritter, who's been playing well. Their offense has looked unstoppable in conference play. So Cincinnati's another team to watch. I don't know if Cincinnati can really do enough to get into the top four, but, you know, they're sitting at seven. Florida, by the way, was number six. So definitely teams to look for. Then another team is AM. AM is five, sitting right outside the top four. Um I don't know what to make of AM. I've seen this story with AM before where they look like they're having a good season. Now they already have a loss, so they're kind of on thin ice in terms of really building a, a resume luckily their one losses to Alabama which once again that's not that big of a deal um, so reason why they are ahead of Florida is they're the team that beat Florida so they have that going for them problem is Floridas in the east so they can get to the SEC title game I believe am is in yeah am's in the SEC West with Alabama. So they may get shut out. That might be the thing that hurts them. But, you know, going forward, A&M has a good shot of running the table. Their final games against Auburn. Like I said, Auburn's 24. If Auburn can rebound in their season get back up in the ranking, that could be a big deal for A&M. So a and going to need a little bit of help with getting in. Only because... They'll definitely need Florida to lose again. Because Florida getting a shot at Alamo would be big for them, like I said. So those are the four main teams to look at. I get. I mean, there aren't really any other teams outside of that that you should really keep an eye on. Because whoever it is is probably too far off to really make any noise now. I'm mean, yeah, the Pac-12 who just got started. But like I said before, there may not be any room for the Pac-12 in the playoff. They're, the Pac-12's best shot was for Clemson to beat Notre Dame to kind of knock Notre Dame out of the four spot, make the four spot kind of the weak spot, and hopefully get an undefeated team in the Pac-12 to make enough noise, you know, to get up into that spot. So, so there you are. There's the there's the rundown on the weekend in college football. It's another good weekend. A lot of a lot of big games crazy scores and unexpected results. So, well, it's a good place to stop this episode. So with that, I want to thank you for tuning in. If you're new here, I uh, hope you liked what you heard and you know, the, ep- the podcast chomping at the bit available on all y- your podcast platforms. So definitely give the show, you know, some love hit the subscribe or follow. Uh, you can follow the YouTube channel, which is Kyle Edwards. So it's my YouTube channel. All the episodes are there as well. And those of you who've been with me, you already know the deal. So thanks again. Be safe out there and definitely catch you in the next episode. We'll take a look at the NFL in the next episode as week nine will be done then. So we'll see kind of same thing with college football. Big news winners losers review my picks and all that so definitely tune in for that but yeah so i'll catch you in that episode all right